Creator God, why is bad news so loud? In the midst of gun violence, hunger, melting ice caps, and anxiety, it often feels like suffering has a microphone. How do we hear you? How do we find you? How do we know that these bones can live? Today we bring our raw selves into this space asking once more that you would rush through this room like a mighty wind. Remind us that these bones can live. Speak to us in your still, small voice. And let it be loud enough to speak through the sorrow of the day. We know that good news rests in you, and we know that you are here. So help us listen, not to the bad news of the day alone, but to the hope that you breathe into every word. With open hearts, we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14. The prophet Ezekiel wrote this book when he and his fellow Israelites were in captivity, exiled in Babylon. Ezekiel writes in the first person about his visions and prophecies as commanded by God. This passage this morning is about his vision in the valley of the dry bones. The dry bones being the Israelites feeling hopeless. And so the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out of the, by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many in the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O God, thou knowest. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and you will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath into you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a rattling of bones coming together, bone to its bone. And as I looked there, the sinews came upon them, and flesh had come upon them, and the skin covered them. But there, there is no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, and it was a exceedingly large magnitude host. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are whole, the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, our hope is lost, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves, I will raise you from your graves, 
O my people, I will bring you home to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And I open your graves and raise you from your graves. O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you on your own land. And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it. Thus says the Lord. We live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, thank you for the warm welcome. Um, as Joel said, I think we've been working together for probably two and a half years or so. And uh, it's been a real delight to work with him as I've gone through uh, seminary. And as he mentioned, I just graduated. I've got everything out of the way, the presbytery uh, ordination exams. And so now I'm in the process of seeking a call. And Joel's been a big part of that. So um, uh, very grateful for uh, his presence in my life. And uh, so when he asked, hey, I'm, well, we thought your, your nephew was going to be baptized today. He's like, could you do this? I said, I'd be happy to. So uh, thank you. This is a great opportunity to get up here and to preach on this um, passage that uh, we've heard many times, I think, in the past. And so when Joel asked me to uh, do this, uh, he gave me some information on this theme of seeking uh, that you're working through uh, this Lent. And as I contemplated this topic, I considered the definition of seeking, which uh, says to go to, uh, to go in search of, to try to discover. And okay, so we know it's a verb, and we know that means that it's action, but it begs the question, what are we seeking? You know, and in the context of a people we need to consider this both from the individual and the corporate perspectives. Now, looking at the news and any of my social media feeds, I draw the conclusion that the answer to this question is, it depends. Now, here are some things that I came up with uh, in my studies of this. See if any of them resonate with you. Uh, if you are out of work, a job, if you are retired, an open tea time. <laughs> if you aren't retired, the right investment portfolio. If you're 15 and a half, your driving temps. If you are a high school senior, maybe it's a college acceptance letter. If you are a pastor, the right words for your next sermon. If you are lonely, a friend. If you are a soldier, an end to conflict. If you are hungry, a meal. If you are an addict, deliverance from your demons. Now from our corporate perspective, it may be security, safety, peace, a robust economy, a cleaner environment, equality, equity, and an end to racial and political division. 
Regardless of whether any of these speak to you, seeking means moving toward some future that can be exciting or nerve-wracking. Now, today's passage from Ezekiel is, like I said, somewhat familiar, the Valley of the Dry Bones, and in it we find people who are seeking something. Now, to understand what this is, we need to dive a bit deeper into who Ezekiel is prophesying to and their situation. Now, Ezekiel was one of the Israelites living in exile in Babylon. God called him to prophecy to his fellow Israelites in exile. Now, historically, about a quarter of the population from the Judea region was deported to Babylon, roughly about 20,000 people. Now, these would have been the people of the ruling, the elite, or the influential class. Uh, They would also have been skilled workers, such as artisans or craftspersons, anyone who was deemed essential to serving Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Others remained to farm the land, providing the king a steady supply of food. And if you weren't in one of those two groups, you either escaped the region or you were likely slaughtered. Now, from this description, we can conclude that most of the exiled people probably enjoyed a higher station on the Judean socioeconomic hierarchy. This means they likely benefited from a life of comfort or being employed by the wealthy because of their skills. They also probably had a front row seat to witness the violent destruction of Jerusalem. Either way, they went from being on top to a life of servitude. The people Ezekiel was led to prophecy to were angry and hurt. They felt abandoned and alone. In their eyes, God had turned God's back on them, and now they were a cursed people. And after all they had witnessed and experienced, it isn't hard to understand why they felt this way. According to God, they cried out, saying, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off. They were seeking some hope for their future. I gave a sermon on this passage in May of 2020, two months after much of the world shut down because of COVID. And although the exile we experienced because of COVID was much different, we could relate to it in some ways. However, today, while most COVID restrictions have been lifted in all realms, I wonder if there are other things that make us feel a bit like these exiles. You know, reading the daily headlines might make us scratch our heads and wonder, You know, what's become of our world? Columbus recorded 139 homicides in 2022. And while that was significantly less than 21, nearly 70 children were killed or injured by gun violence. The amount of extreme weather worldwide is heartbreaking as death tolls rise 
and number of people displaced from their homes is staggering. We just saw, I think, Friday night, this tornado in Mississippi. I think the last number I saw was 25 people or so were killed. Political divisions are turning this country inside out. We elect leaders who act worse than children on a school playground. None of us thought we would witness the events of January 6, 2021. I don't care which side of the political spectrum you're on. And I think the same is true with the COVID-19 pandemic, whose effects will be felt for many years to come. However, many of us pine for the good old days when our lives were simpler, less responsibility, and perhaps what felt like a slower pace to life. However, those good old days look very different to the marginalized, abused, or impoverished. Now, how many of us go all in for innovation, charging headlong into whatever's next? Much of it sounds exciting, but do scientific and technological advancements rush too fast into change without addressing related ethical questions? And the advanced future looks very different to a computer engineer than to a truck driver. I find myself excited by the what-ifs and at the same time yearning for more simplicity at a slower pace. And I don't know about you, but I sure would like my body to work and feel like it did 20 to 30 years ago. (laughs) Still, no matter how we look at it, we are all moving toward the future because time only moves in one direction. So we might be asking, where is our hope? As we return to today's scripture, we come across this scene where God takes Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones, a field littered with the bones of the dead from some great battle of many years past. God commands Ezekiel to speak to the bones to restore them to life. The deafening sound of an earthquake shakes the ground and the bones begin to come together, attached by ligaments, tendons, and muscles, and then covered with flesh and skin. And then God commands the breath to enter the bodies and bring them to life. Now, the analogy of this valley of dry bones represents what God will one day do for the exiled Israelites. God will reinstate them and gather them back in Israel, liberating them from their captivity. God will revive their dry bones to life, which sounds exactly like what they are seeking. This is a message of hope encouraging them as they continue to come to terms with their situation and conditions. However, while one day they will get what they seek, restoration, God calls them to more when God says, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Now, I'll admit that I'm imputing a tone here. 
However, this is not a casual statement. Instead, something very different is on the horizon for these exiles. In other words, God will liberate them, but God is calling them to a future that is much different than their past. Their society was propped up on a large chasm between the haves and the have-nots. The lower-class individuals did the community's back-breaking work for the elite. They were severely underpaid and oppressed by a society that did not value their contributions, maybe even called them lazy. And then the religious leaders imposed over 600 laws on the people with penances inflicted mainly on these individuals society deemed undesirable. Their very existence was a struggle against the immorality of the ruling class that perpetuated systemic systems of injustice and the religious systems that condemned them rather than lifting them up. Therefore, by restoring the Israelites' dry bones, God was once again seeking from God's people a civilization built on equality, equity, and justice, the way God designed creation from the beginning. However, as we know from all the accounts of the Old Testament, God's chosen people consistently failed to live in accordance with God's law that Jesus summed up as love God and love others. We may wonder why God doesn't give up on them, but then we'd have to ask, why does God not give up on us? Perhaps in some ways we feel exiled, displaced, or evicted from the lives that we once knew. This isn't about whether we've been marginalized, oppressed, or of the privileged. It is simply a recognition that we are living in a world now that is very different from where we were three, five, ten, thirty, or fifty years ago. And no matter what, no matter what, God promises to restore our dry bones to liberate us from whatever has caused us to feel expatriated. However, God does not call us back. God calls us forward. So I'll ask the question again, what are we seeking? And I'll expand on it further by asking, are we seeking based upon our own self-interest? Or are we seeking based upon where God wants us or what God wants from us? In other words, do we seek based solely on our own wants and needs? Or do we look broader through the eyes of Jesus to what is best for all of creation? Now, look, first of all, complete self-denial is not God's will for us. If we run at a pace that burns us out, we will struggle to be God's faithful workers. Therefore, if we are seeking things that we need, even a tea time, 
God does not deny the necessity of our well-being. So golf may be an essential to someone's health, but please don't go tell your spouse that the pastor said so. (laughs) My point is that to be the best version of ourselves, we must prioritize our physical and mental health without losing sight of our primary orientation towards God asking ourselves individually and corporately, where is God calling me or us? Where does God need me or us? What is God asking me or us to seek beyond myself or ourselves? If I return to that list of things that we seek, safety, security, both physical and economic, freedom, acceptance, friendship, love, peace, and liberation. I think what all people seek the most is hope. Not the hope of wishful thinking. God is not in the business of waving a magic wand. But the hope that boldly stares into the uncontrollable, unknown future and says, all will be okay. It may not be the same as yesterday. It may not even be better. But it will be okay. And I think what we find is that hope is in short supply these days because so many people feel like those exiles, abandoned, hurt, angry, alone, and wondering where God is or even if there is a God. They feel like their bones are dry. Now today's passage speaks directly to all of us seeking hope. It tells us that God will restore life to our dry bones, but in order for this restoration to be universal for all God's children... It will require all of us to orient ourselves towards God's desire for all humanity to live in community. And how do we do that? Well, Micah 6.8 tells us that God has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Everything we should be seeking And everything God calls us to flow through this filter of justice, kindness, and humility. Jesus asks us to be the salt and light of the gospel message of God's great love for all people. And we demonstrate it when we actively partner with God, promoting, defending, and loving justice, kindness, and humility which begins with loving all people as God loves us just the way we are. God restores life to our dry bones when we embody the gospel message to love all people, which I'll admit, it isn't easy. But consider that every face that you look into bears the unique and diverse image of God loved entirely by God 
beginning with the face you see in the mirror. My friends, you are beloved children of God, and God knows that you are seeking. Even in the valleys of dry bones of our lives, God is working on our behalf. Rest assured, cling to, and trust wholly in the hope that can only be found in the promises of God, demonstrated in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then take that hope. Take that hope and share it with a dry, dusty, and thirsty world just dying for the living waters of the good news. Because God's love is for all people, just as they are right where they are. My friends, what we all seek is secure in the hope of God's unending and eternal love for all creation. Amen.